Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and uh, thank you so much for rejoining this podcast, and and hopefully you are um, enjoying uh, the beginning of 2021, um, and maybe you're a new listener, maybe you've been around for a while. Either way, I am so glad you have decided to um, Take a minute and listen to this podcast, and certainly if it is something that encourages you uh, in your recovery journey, that you would share it with someone else. Uh, Even if it doesn't fully encourage you, it might encourage another. uh, Sometimes I find that uh, it's not always the message. Sometimes it's the messenger, and it might be my cadence, my personality, my verbiage. It may mean that we just don't get along. Uh, It doesn't mean that my message isn't um, valid, and I would never take that personally. So even though it might not be a message that you relate to for one reason or another, it doesn't uh, completely invalidate the information I wanted to share, and maybe it would still be valuable to someone else. Obviously, I hope this message is valuable to you. I hope you take an eclectic approach to your personal recovery. One of the things that I have found in my years and even decades of personal recovery is sometimes I take things in piecemeal, right? Uh, Not every speaker do I absorb every bit of their content, right? I'm a big um, uh, Tony Robbins fan or, or Jay Shetty or or Covey, or Napoleon Hill, you know, I I don't subscribe to everything that they say all the time, but there's enough of what they're saying that I can pull from that I'm able to um, incorporate uh, into my life to make my own and therefore have a very well-rounded approach to uh, my recovery right? Um, there are certain things as a Christian, obviously, I take most of my my content uh, from the Bible, uh, and, and yet I find it very valuable to, um, to study the, um, uh, the teachings of, of, say, Gandhi, or some of my friends over at the Buddhist Network, or some um, uh, more new age type individuals, as long as they don't conflict what my primary belief is as a Christian, there's nothing uh, to prevent me from doing that. And it's actually recommended. Uh, That way I can use my foundational belief as a filter for things. You know, one of the great things that um, uh, Bill and and others said in... um, 
in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous towards the end, it, it talks about contempt prior to investigation is a bar against all information and will lead to everlasting ignorance. So I want to take a look at different things that that I come across and, and sort of uh, uh, pick what's going to work from those things and incorporate those into my life so I can be balanced and well-rounded. Now, having said that, today we are on step two in the 12 steps of recovery. Now, I believe what I just stated in terms of other um, information that may be related but not necessarily connected in terms of a, of a, of a volume or, or a bit of instruction, this is very different from the 12 steps of recovery. Uh, and so today's topic is step two, a sound mind equals better decisions. And I believe that to be true. So when we take a look at something like sanity, uh, it is defined as a soundness of mind and soundness of judgment. Every step has its own premise and importance within the 12 steps. There is a particular independence each step brings, right? Because they, they, they rest on their own, right? Their, their step two is not step three and step five is not step six. So there is a particular independence each step brings. Having said that, what makes each step powerful is its connection to the other steps. An example, if if I looked at a 12-foot ladder, the likelihood is there would be 12 rungs on that ladder, each separating a foot for me to climb the ladder one rung at a time. So each rung has its own independence, but for me to get to rung five, I must step on rung four. And to get to rung eight, I must proceed to rung seven. Each step is dependent on the other step to get me to the next step, just as the preceding step gets me to where I am currently at. And again, I believe that is the power of the 12 steps. I believe, and this is just based on my experience, strength and hope, without this interconnection, I really believe the steps would lack the value and power they collectively possess. To to focus or practice any in any step independent of the other steps would be doing a disservice to, to that individual step and the 12 steps as a whole. You follow me? Uh, this approach, I, I really believe, would also jeopardize a person's personal recovery because it would feed into their ego. It would actually enable a person to treat the 12 steps as one would treat a buffet.
So I can go into the buffet and I can say, you know what, I, I didn't, step one was really difficult. I think I'm going to skip step two, but I'm going to jump right over to step three because I, I like the color of that. I like how that tastes. I like how that makes me feel. It's kind of easy to digest. I really don't want to get into to steps eight and nine because those are really difficult. I'm not ready to swallow those yet and so on and so forth. And so we have to be very careful when we pick and choose what we're going to do. So even though we do each step independently, as we will discuss step two today, we do them in conjunction or connection with the 12 steps as a whole, right? Again, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path, right? And so that path is to go the same way, again, going back to the uh, the example of the ladder, it would not be fair of you to suggest that I get to rung 10 without going through the preceding rungs of that step. It wouldn't even be reasonable, nor would it be recommended or safe for you to say, you know what, you can skip rung 9, just go from rung 8 to rung 10. No, I need to climb the ladder the way it's designed and certified by OSHA in order to make it a safe apparatus for me to elevate on. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm sure that it does. So step two, again, a sound mind equals better decisions. Sanity is defined as soundness of mind and soundness of judgment. Soundness is essentially a security. It makes sense. It is a foundation for which we can rest upon, right? So my soundness of mind and the soundness of judgment essentially means that I am capable of making good decisions. Now, step two reads, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. One of the things that it talks about in the 12 and 12, and I do suggest this, if you're going through the steps, whether you're A-A-O-A-N-A, Try to find the 12 and 12, which is the companion book for the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and really go through the steps in a much more thorough and deeper uh, format. One of, the, one of the wonderful things about the, the 12 and 12 is when it was, when it was written, I, I believe that the, the first copy written edition of this was like in 1952-1953, which is like 16 years after the first edition of the big book was, was written and published. And so Bill and the others had 16 years of practicing the steps and working these things out before this book was written as a companion to doing the 12 steps. So they had a lot more experience and knowledge and, and full understanding. So when we read the steps 
as through the 12 and 12, it really gives us a, a greater sense and a, and a greater uh, foundation and understanding of what we're doing. So when we say came to believe, understand that this step is not an action step. Steps one, two, and three aren't action steps. Step four is the beginning of action steps because we're doing more than just believing. We're then beginning to write down where we do a, a fearless moral inventory of ourselves, right? And so steps one, two, and three, and in this case two, is not an action step. It is a step of open-mindedness. It is a step our first step into the spiritual realm, which may be challenging for some people, but it's really important that we gain a sense of belief and hope because so much of us uh, is discouraged and disparaged and concerned when we really do a thorough first step, right? Again, my dear friend Pete the Greek, says that step one is the is the one step of all of them that we must do to perfection. And if we really look at how powerless we were over alcohol and began to fully understand the depth of the unmanageability in our life, it can be very discouraging because now we're left with this lack of power and understanding how destructive we really are to ourselves and to every relationship and opportunity around us. So then we approach step two. Now, as you, you told me that everything I believed was a lie, which was my life, now I need to believe in something. And that's challenging, especially there are those who are skeptics. There are those who come from no um, spiritual or religious upbringing where, where the concept of God or, or belief in anything outside of themselves was even relevant or taught. Some come from a very scripted or, or religious background where where their their relationship with God or a church was shoved down their throat, right, as part of their upbringing. And so some are going to reject it because they don't understand. Some are going to reject it because they are afraid. And some are going to reject it because it is the religion of their childhood, which for many reasons they still resent in terms of what they were forced to believe in spite of, or act like they believed, in spite of any different personal convictions. Or maybe they blame God for, for putting them in this situation or losing the lives or the loved ones of people that they cared for. They look at their situation as almost being punishment. Now we're going to ask them to believe in a power greater than themselves that could restore them to sanity when they hold that power or a power responsible. Some people have a hard time finding out what that power is. 
and they feel that they need to attach some type of identity to that power in order for it to become relevant or real. All of those things are a distraction, I believe, to what the step is actually saying. And I think this is a very important distinction, especially if you're new or relatively new to any program of recovery, and especially a 12-step program. Again, we're coming out of step one, where we are <laughs> we are beating ourselves up because we have finally agreed through our depravity and our loss and despair of realizing to the depths that we have dropped to or our current condition, right? Anyone who gets to a 12-step meeting or, or a treatment center or some type of recovery is at their bottom. Now, whether or not it's your last bottom, I don't know. Right? I don't know if the depth that you are at or came to at your recovery was your last bottom. Right, I had two bottoms. I had my bottom when I first dialed up and went into treatment back in February of 1986 and I went into the Nevada Treatment Center on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Las Vegas, Nevada. I had that bottom and then after 71 days, I thought maybe I could do this on my own, that I wasn't as powerless or my life hadn't become as unmanageable as I thought. And I was sort of doing the other steps, just playing piecemeal to them because I, I needed you to like me, right? And so so I, I, I relapsed because I wasn't willing to fully give myself over to that. And I didn't want to go into a, an area of hopefulness by believing. I only wanted to pretend like I was. So I wasn't really ready, ready or willing to give those things up. Step two is an introduction into a new level. It's an introduction into the spiritual realm. And again, because it's not an action step, all it's asking is what the step is saying. And don't try to make it any more than it is. Again, it's a it's an introduction into open-mindedness. Step one was honesty, right? Honesty, where I admit everything I need to admit to understand the depth that I have come. And hopefully that will be my last bottom, right? Now, April 25th of 1986, that was my last bottom because I've been clean and sober ever since by the grace of God and the fellowship and the, and the program of recovery, as I understand it, through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And of course, as a Christian, it's given me an elevated life, as I'm sure your spiritual approach to living has done for you as well, and hopefully it has, and it will continue to do so. But I came, right? That's the first thing I do. I come to step two. To what? To a belief. And a belief is a sense of hope. 
I believed, I stopped believing in everything. And that is why my life was the wreck that it was that got me to recovery in the first place. So I come to believe. What do I believe? That a power, and it's very generic, a power, what kind of power? I don't know, but I just know that it's a power greater than me. Do I need much evidence other than step one to believe that there could be a power greater than myself? <laughs> that's that's self-evident because lack of power, as it says, was my dilemma. I'm admitting I am powerless in step one. And now I'm admitting or believing or coming to believe that there could be a power greater than me. That's pretty doggone obvious, right? Again, step two is very contingent on step one. Not only do I need to move forward because staying in neutral is uh, tantamount to moving backwards, right? I need to be moving forward. And coming from a lack of power, I need to now believe that there could be a power that's greater than me. And again, if I need any evidence of that, just go check myself in step one. Came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And again, that soundness of mind, that soundness of judgment, right? Insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That is a definition of insanity. And I think Einstein even suggested or, or stated that. So doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's what I was doing as I lived my life prior to recovery. So I come to believe that a power greater than myself could. I love that word. Could restore me to sanity. Now, does that mean that the power greater than myself would not cooperate? Does that mean that I have to negotiate with this power? If if you're wondering whether the power greater than you wants you to be restored to sanity, <laughs> I think you need to consider a different power, right? Because any power that you rely on to get you well should be a power that would cooperate with your wellness, or set an example for your wellness, be that encouragement, be that life force, that energy, that determination, that direction into sanity. So what is the could? Well, as I have found in my recovery, I am the common denominator. I am the one who decides if I can or not, right? So came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. 
is dependent upon me and my willingness and my open-mindedness, and obviously in step one, my level of honesty, to believe that I will do what is necessary to have that restoration of sanity, where I would have a sound mind, where I would begin making good decisions. And what is one of those good decisions? To not revert to previous behavior or addictive patterns. That no matter what I would do, I know that my only recourse, my only hope to getting well is to not fall back into that addictive pattern, whether it's behavior through addictive behavior like gambling or pornography or compulsive overeating, which obviously oftentimes does have a genetic component to it, but not to fall back into that behavior and certainly don't participate or, um, or, or take any more alcohol or drugs because that's going to throw me right back, obviously, right? If I think that that form of medication, and that's what alcohol and drugs and other behaviors was for me, it wasn't the problem. It was my, it was my answer, it was my response to the problem, which was me. So now I come in and I came to believe that a power greater than myself could, based on my participation, restore me to sanity. Now, where it talks about restoration, I'm not sure if I ever was acting in soundness of mind. Maybe this, this exploration or this opportunity into sanity soundness of mind, soundness of judgment is my first exposure to it. Maybe I started on that road when I was younger and grown into teen years, but it was hijacked or apprehended by my introduction into alcohol or drugs, right? That's what I think. I don't think prior to my recovery, I don't really think I had any real sanity, any sanity I had was always interrupted by my addictive nature, my addictive compulsive disorder that caused me to self-destruct regardless of how good my life was going on a temporary basis. And I would all, it was temporary because I would sabotage most everything good that occurred in my life. I was so afraid I was going to lose something that I gave it away just so I would have power of deciding how long I kept it. I know that's insane, right? But that was my thinking. So now I come in and I come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, that I need to make an active decision daily to believe in that power greater than myself. And I didn't even know what the power was. And again, that's one of the beautiful things about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is designed to accommodate anyone for any reason at any time with any belief or lack belief thereof. It doesn't demand what we believe in. It suggests that we believe in something. Without belief, there is no hope. Without hope, there is no power. And without power, there is no recovery. Does that make sense? I hope that it does.
So when we enter into step two, it is our introduction into hope. Finally, I don't have to suffer anymore. Maybe I can begin making good decisions. Maybe I can let my religious training or lack thereof or negative connotation of who God or this power is can be set aside long enough. I can have an open mind that would say, if I could, if I believe I will do the work, I can have another life. And it not only confirms my bottom in step one, but it's going to set the stage and be my foundation for step three, which we will cover next week. Again, you've never seen a building that had a firm step or second floor that didn't have a solid foundation of the first floor. And you've never seen a first floor that did not have footings or a good foundation for each other floor to be built upon. And that's what we're doing here. We're building a 12-layer cake that each layer is dependent upon the previous layer being laid. So when we go from step one to admitting we were powerless over alcohol and our life had become unmanageable and be thoroughly convinced we need help, we enter into step two where we are thoroughly convinced that we are insane. Only an insane person would do what we have done over and over and over and then wonder why it wasn't different. I was doing everything contrary to a productive and satisfactory life and yet expecting one and believing it was somebody else not wanting me to have this or sabotaging my opportunity when it was lack of power. So now I enter into step two and I come to believe that there's some power out there that is obviously greater than me, that if I am willing to do the work, I can be restored to sanity. And if that does not give us a measure of hope, maybe we need to go back and revisit step one to see how hopeless in our existing or previous lifestyle we are and elevate and graduate to a step two and be so excited that we got there because now finally I can set these other things aside and begin building a position of hope that is soundness of mind, soundness of judgment. And it is a restoration period based on a belief and a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity and that could is me. I am always the common denominator to my recovered life. Thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Go to recoveryguy.org for blogs, uh, podcasts. Go to your favorite podcast channel uh, to download the podcast and listen and to share. 
Go to recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Check me out there. The recovery guy on Facebook. I'm redoing my channel on YouTube and I will be announcing that soon. I'm going to be posting 32 video segments that will be free to you uh, to take a look at and we can make a, a deeper connection. If you want to uh, participate financially, go to uh, my website, recoveryguy.org, and then follow the Patreon link or just go to patreon.com forward slash recoveryguy to donate monthly or go to Venmo and go to uh, Robert-Pardon-3 and give a one-time donation. Everything that comes in supports this recovery movement. And as always, we got sick apart and we will get well together. My name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.